Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to Be Curious. As you know, we are journeying this year looking at the principles of yoga's ethical practice, the yamas and niyamas. And we are actually on the final yama this month, the month of June. And we are looking at the yama of Aparigraha. And I can't help but just introduce the the little poetic verse that's at the top of the chapter in Deborah Adele's book with the same name, The Yamas and Niyamas. And it says about Aparigraha, fall deeply in love, cherish all in your heart, and now open and let go. I shared that in the newsletter for this month as well, because this is the journey that our exploration of Aparigraha is going to take us on. Our inclination as humans and as feeling beings, and especially the more sensitive we are and the more sentimental we are and the more we try to love, is that as we fall deeply in love, in love with beautiful things, in love with people, in love with memories, in love with experience, is that we want to hold them close. We want to keep them and as if we could keep them forever. And as this verse instructs us, Aparigraha is about falling deeply in love, being totally present, totally engaged, totally immersed, and totally emotionally connected. Cherish all the things in your heart that we love, and then be open and let them go. And for most of us, this is not really an easy practice to do. And so this month is going to be a month of really thinking deeply about this, about the different ways that we grow attached to things and then almost become needing of having them, reliant upon them, dependent upon them, so attached to them that we can't free ourselves. We can't open our hearts for the letting go. We can't free up the space. And as Deborah Dell will talk about, and we'll get to as we go through this, like the things that we become attached to, the people, the memories, the experiences, the possessions that we have can all start to possess us at some point without the practice of a parigraha. So as I sometimes do, I'm going to read a little bit from the opening of this segment from the book, um, because sometimes, as you've heard me say, I just can't offer anything richer than what Deborah Adele already offers. So let me make, let me just bring forth her offering. She begins this section by writing, I remember when my children were small and I would pick them up at childcare. It didn't matter how much fun they were having with yummy treats to eat or new toys to explore or new friends to play with. The minute I entered the room, they dropped everything and ran as fast as they could into my waiting arms. Any of us with small children can remember that experience. That's my own ad lib. Nothing was more important to them than I was. But as they grew older, the toys became more interesting to them until at times I would show up and they would just completely ignore me. Much like small children, we live in a world with an abundance of treats and toys and friends. They are all there for us to enjoy, but never in place of the one who gives these gifts. And the jewel of a parigraha invites us to enjoy life to the fullest, yet always be able to drop everything and run into the waiting arms of the divine. If we prefer to play with our toys, we've missed the point. 
I'm going to continue in a moment, but I want to pause there because this isn't a religious text, right? And as we've been journeying this, this doesn't suppose necessarily a, a belief in God or a religion or anything like that. So I just want to comment on you the word of the divine. But I think if we are looking at these practices, if you're following along, there is this sense that there is something higher and bigger and more significant than just our possessions and our things and our daily experience. And this running into the arms of the divine for you know those with a God experience or a universe experience or you know, some kind of energy force that is greater than us. It's are we willing to stop playing with the toys, stop eating our treats, stop looking at all of the things around us in our daily lives to keep returning to that higher source, that higher power, that power within us, you know, that guides us because these outer things do not guide us. And if God is not an experience or any of those definitions of divine don't resonate with you, then perhaps the idea that do we return back to our true nature, our essence, and what's most important. And I think, you know, we can have a common agreement, perhaps, or I'll make an assumption here that the things that we're playing with at any particular point, you know, whether it's you know, going out and buying the car that we love, but then also recognizing it's not about the car, right? Or, you know, going out to a great meal, but then recognizing it's not really about the meal. Or even, you know, being engaged in going to parties or spending time with friends, but then still realizing that there's this essence of ourselves to return back to. And that it's this constant cycle of living fully being present, even indulging fully with great appreciation in the things that we have and the things that we're doing, and then coming back out, and then coming back out of it. So returning back to Deborah Dell, a parigraha or non-possessiveness can also be interpreted as non-attachment, non-greed, non-clinging, non-grasping, and non-coveting, all wrapped up and could simply be referred to as the ability to let go. The sadhus of India recognize how easily it is for us to become attached to things of this world. And so the sadhus don the color orange, take vows to renounce all worldly pleasures in favor of the divine. They spend most of their time in the forests away from temptations that might become more interesting to them than their companionship with divinity. But although this is an extreme example, and it shows one way of staying free of possessiveness, but it is not really the one that most of us will adopt. So this month we're going to really explore into a parigraha in ways that we can. But what it, a parigraha really does is it invites us to let go, to pack lightly for our journey through life. And while caring deeply about things in the moment, also having the capacity, the willingness, and um, the, the understanding of the importance of letting go once that is complete or once we have relished in and fully enjoyed that moment, then being able to let it go. So, you know, how do we do this, right? <laughs> our life and our world seems to be designed around our things, you know, go own or rent a home and then put stuff in it and sign up for things and commit to groups and, you know, we have all means of possessions and things like that or schedules or 
memories or people in our lives, and certainly that's what makes life rich. And so there's nothing in this that says we shouldn't enjoy all of those things that are rich in our lives. What it invites us to do is recognize the human um, wiring to become so attached that those things in our lives, those experiences, even the people in our lives, take on can can take on a meaning meaning that is beyond what is our healthiest expression experience of them. And what I mean by that is, we many of us have the experience of I I'll be happy when right I'll be happy when these things occur or when I have these things or when I've attained this goal or I'm happy when my friends or my partner or my spouse my children treat me a certain way but I'm not happy when they don't or you know I can only really be settled or content when x and such has happened when we find ourselves and all of us do including myself when we find ourselves in those experiences where our contentment our steadiness our sense of being able to be fully in ourselves is dependent upon external things external events and occurrences that's when we can become aware of the fact, oh, maybe it's time to practice letting go. Not because achieving things is not important and not because the people in our lives are not meaningful to us and don't impact or you know, become part of our experience. But there's this magnificent space of being able to be devoted, caring, loving, appreciating of things and people and experiences and then the space where none of it defines us and none of it determines the extent of our ability to be content or happy or in the presence of God, the divine, the universe. And it is a regular practice to return to this awareness again and again and again. It keeps us in a place of humility it keeps us in a place of balance. It keeps us actually in a place of appreciation. Because think about when we don't have something all of the time, you know, maybe there's a flower that only blooms a certain time of year, how much we appreciate and acknowledge it and pause in the wonder of it when it does bloom than if it were something that were there all the time. We don't tend to look at our evergreens the same way we look at the peonies bush, for example, for me anyway. So if we could only imagine that we could appreciate something that each time we let it go, it opens up the potential for the renewal of that wonder again, the renewal of that appreciation. In my coaching practice, one of the core things that I have most of my clients engage with is a practice of gratitude. And sometimes the things that I hear as people are struggling to develop their practice of gratitude is, well, I can't, you know, it's hard to think of things. Like there's just, my life just feels like it's normal and everything is just happening the same way every day. I don't know what to be appreciative. You know, it's hard to find, you know, how to really engage with this practice of gratitude. And even in our awareness of that, that if we have reached a point where we find it difficult to be in a place of gratitude, it means that we have probably become so immersed and ingrained and almost you know, meshed our, this, our sense of self with the things of our life, of the doing, and all of those things, 
that it's time to practice some Aparigraha. Because if we separated from them, if we didn't see and take for granted, okay, we go to our job every day, but wow, we have a job that sustains us. Or, you know, I feed my kids every day, I go and make dinner. What about the miracle of the fact that I have the capacity to bring food into my house and to cook it and to nourish the bodies that are most important to me? So for everything that may seem ordinary, there is an experience of wonder if we have the capacity to let go of, you know, to be in the moment and then let go of it such that each time we come to the experience of being in it again, it's like being in it anew. So this is a big ask, right? Most of the yamas have been a big ask, and I hope you're really staying connected with me and being curious about this. Um, one of the pieces at the beginning of this segment in the Yamas and Yamas by Deborah Adele that she offers is how do we start to cultivate this? Where can we ground this in? And she invites us to consider this question. What if we could trust life like we trust the breath? And I often bring this up with my clients too, and I ask them to contemplate the fact that the single thing that is keeping them alive on a moment-to-moment basis is the capacity for breath. If we were not breathing, which is actually almost a completely unconscious act, 99.999% of the time, unless we happen to be sitting in our meditation, right, that the breath is a completely unconscious act And yet it fulfills this enormous responsibility of keeping us alive from moment to moment. So we have this implicit trust in it. Like we let it, we let it go. We don't try to maneuver it, you know, do all of these things. Think about how hard we try to contrive and work and contort other things to make them work for us. But this, this single thing of the breath, we do nothing for, and it, accomplishes this major magnitude experience of keeping us alive. So what would happen if we could trust life like we trust the breath? That we could trust life to unfold, that we could trust the experience that we are here in our own unique design and brilliance for purpose, and that we could trust it to unfold without our having to make it or force it or create it or design it. Um, what if it could be and flow with the ease of breath? So like, first of all, I I just love that question. And I think about that one a lot. And whenever I find I'm pushing too hard, I always try to come back to that one. And then what if we could take in all the nourishment of the moment, just like we do with the breath, we take in the oxygen, right? That goes into our body and just keeps everything flowing, right? What if we could take in all the nourishment of the moment and then let it go fully trusting that more nourishment will come? And what if we could, for even just moments in any given day, trust that about life, like take in the nourishment of an experience of life and let it go, trusting that something equally nourishing will come next and that it will sustain us in a beautiful way. So this is my invitation for this week is to sit with this question of, Could we trust in life? Could we trust in the arrival of beautiful things, beautiful experiences, relationships, the resources that we need in life? 
could we just even for a moment entertain the idea of trusting that those things would arrive with the ease and just natural rhythm that breath arrives for us each you know, and every moment and just play with that idea. And so this is our, the invitation at the beginning of our exploration of a Pyagraha is to go into this. And as always, like, you know, I love to hear people's feedback. I love to hear when you've experimented with this and when you've discovered something or you've just had a moment, you know, I love it when people send emails to me at Adina, A-D-I-N-A at courage to be curious.com. Um, at the end of this, I also want to mention a couple of upcoming or some upcoming things. I am going to be in Alexandria, Virginia on June 22nd with an or a company called Fitness on the Run, a boutique gym that has a very unique and powerful approach to lifelong fitness. And I'm going to be doing a mindset workshop and retreat for three hours from 10 to one. And so if you are interested in possibly attending, maybe you're in the Maryland, DC or Virginia area, or you say, ah, I really, yeah, I've been listening to Dina for a long time. Want to hear more of what this whole mindset thing is about. Um, you can send an email to me. You can also go on to the fitness on the run, fitness on the run.net website um, and contact them. It's also listed under workshops and events for them. So um, take a look at that. I'm also really pleased in just on Monday, two days after this podcast or three days after you might be listening to it, um, colleague of mine, Jody Silverman, who you hear me talk about a bunch, who has an organization called Moms Who Dare, is launching a YouTube series called in the nest and it is about you know it is for empty nesters but it's also just for people really great people moms she um, has an organization a company called moms who dare all about moms and empty nests and parts of their life taking adventure and really claiming their lives and we are together for her inaugural episode of in the nest and so check out um, her facebook page at moms who dare um there will You'll be able to find the episode there, and I'm sure it will also be listed on her momsudare.com website. And so that's another fun thing that's coming up. And then keep checking back this month and stay with us for the entire journey of Parigraha. As always, the invitation is if this work speaks to you, please share it with others. Please go on to iTunes and rate this podcast show so others can find it. And I look forward to letting go of this experience and then returning back brand new next week.